hey 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 my beautiful one love family how are we doing today on this wonderful wednesday so we just had mother's day and i would like to say that i hope and i pray that everyone had a safe and enjoyable mother's day now um i send well wishes to every mother to every father because i feel like being a parent is not necessarily limited to mothers and is not necessarily limited to fathers. There are people who do not actually have children who care and support, motivate, discipline, sacrifice for children as well. So on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I feel like that's a time to recognize all parents. Um, I grew up without a father, so Mother's Day and Father's Day has always been for my mom because I feel like you know she's filling both roles. And the way I look at it, as being a mom myself, taking care of my son primarily by myself, um, I feel like I'm a, I'm a mom every day. So Mother's Day, this one day out the year, does not adequately, you know, appreciate me for all that I do. So I don't feel that that day, you know, is something that I necessarily have to put a lot of emphasis on. But I will tell you that it is nice to be appreciated one day out of the year as opposed to no days out of the year. So for those who don't get any appreciation and that may be the one day or the one time for you, I understand. And I do hope that you enjoyed your day. Um, I thank God for my son because he appreciate me and he let me know on a regular basis. He is still an 11 year old that can be a handful at times, but he do see that I work hard for him and he appreciated a lot. And I appreciate the little things that he do. Like, no, Juan, sit down. You should watch TV. I see you're tired. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I can't sit down right now. I got to do this. I got to do that. He's like, well, you should take a break. And I'm like, I want to take a break when I can take a break, you know. But the fact that I appreciate, I do appreciate it. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I don't, I hate like, look, look at TV. I'm like, I don't want to look at TV. I just want to sit in silence. But you should watch TV. I said, this is what I'm doing to relax. This is what I take, you know, so he like watching tv so i understand that he really want me to do something to relax so again it's those things that i appreciate and they mean the world to me so i want to say again happy mother's day to all and well wishes and if no one has told you that you're a great mom no if no one has appreciated you for what you do trust me i do I don't have to know the ins and the outs to know what it's like to take care of a child, especially if you're by yourself. And as this podcast is a spinoff from One Love, which is a single parent support group, I promise you, I give you, I mean, every word that I say when, I, when I'm telling you that I appreciate you. And I want you to continue on what you're doing because our youth is our future. And if we raise them right, then we will have a better outcome for our people, our nation, our country, the world as a whole. So well wishes to all of the mothers to all of the parents now this is why or should i say how i celebrate mother's day this is how i view it like again i say i'm um, sorry again like i say i feel like i'm a mom every day and in fact my first client because i worked on mother's day my first client said oh my goodness i didn't ask you if you had any kids and you know got you working i could have rescheduled and i said well it was a guy and he was like, you got any kids? I was like, yeah, I have a son. I'm like, now I'm a mom every day. So a part of being a mom every day means that I have to take care of this child every day. And a big part of doing that is running this business. So, you know, I have to work and I have to be able to take care of him. And so he's like, you know, you're right and everything. Um, 
And again, I just got to say shout out to all the parents, especially those who are single. Those of you who had to do the same thing, you know, if your day of appreciation meant that you still have to work in order to be that thing that people are appreciating you for, which is that mother, that parent, that grandparent, that guardian, that aunt, that uncle, that whatever that you are, I tip my hat to you. And trust me when I say I greatly appreciate you. If I could send you a hug and some flowers, I would. But I feel like, you know, personally, I just feel like material things doesn't adequately suffice. You know, that's just my opinion because what you do for your children, there's no material connotation on it. It's from the heart. So, um, you know, I, I know some people who feel like, well, you don't care about me and give me no candy, give me no flowers, you ain't take me nowhere. And I just think that's crazy. You don't, you, you shouldn't have to have those things in order to feel appreciated, especially when your children are telling you that they appreciate you. You know, they're not going to be perfect all the time and they will stress you out. They'll get on your nerve. They'll make you angry. But let's still appreciate those moments when they say thank you, when they say, I appreciate this mom. Oh, you don't have to do that. You know, sometimes we look so much at the big picture and all that it takes that we forget the small things and those sometimes could be the things that really weigh the most you know for me they really weigh the most just my son appreciating me makes me feel much better than anyone else you know appreciate me could because he's actually what I do what I do for so you know it means a lot so let me tell you about my mother's day real quick now woke up that morning And I was getting my son his stuff and everything, getting his herbal tea ready. And he was like, Mom, what's wrong? Why are you going to cry? I said, I feel like I want to cry. I just went and laid in my bed. I just prayed because I was feeling so overwhelmed. Like, well, I'd be overwhelmed in my house sometimes. I ain't going to lie. So then, now the night before, my back was hurting. Sitting on the couch, I stretched, felt the pop, and it felt good. But then immediately it felt bad. I was like, oh, man. I had to I had one more client later on that night and I had to ca- cancel that client because I'm like, well, I knew not to try. If there was a warning sign right there. My back was saying, hey, 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 now, don't do nothing else. If something ain't right. So I did some light stretches. I wish I had some Epsom salt and I wish I would have soaked, but I didn't. Um, but I did do some light stretches and I moved around a little bit because I didn't want to get stiff. Didn't overdo it, but you know, I was like, man, I can't take off tomorrow. So I'd rather lose the one client for today, you know, reschedule her. And anytime I got to reschedule my clients, they get a free roll on. So she was happy about that. (laughs) So I rescheduled her so that I can work the next day. So here it is, Mother's Day. I'm going to work praying, you know, my back hurt. And I'm like, Lord, how I'm going to lift this table. How I'm going to get it in, how I'm going to get it out. I'm like, Lord, please, you know, let me be able to continue throughout this day. So when I took the table out of my car to get to the first client, I was like, okay, I can see now this is probably going to be the one I do for the day and I'll probably be rescheduling everybody else. But praise be to Allah, I love what I do and it's such a passion for me. No matter how I feel when I start a massage, I always feel better when I end. So after that first massage, I felt better. After the second massage, I was good. After the third massage, I was back. Like I was good to go. So that led into my day being fulfilled as it was planned out, which was always packed with a lot of stuff. My brother called during the, um, my last client, needed me to you know, take my sister to containers. I didn't know my sister was going to cook. Oh my goodness. That was a highlight of my day. I love my sister's cooking. So I was excited to go over there and eat. 
I was supposed to meet up with my friend. We're supposed to do this, um, this, this, this learning session that she is prepared and she's going to share with me and some of my friends, some ways that we can build some wealth. And I was so excited about that. We didn't think about the fact that it was mother's day because we are not, you know, real big on holidays. So that kind of, you know, but everything worked out as it should. Her parents came over, her mom came over and everything. And she had time with her family and I had spent time with mine. My best friend came over. So she and I went to my sister's house. After that, I had a few more errands to run. And then I closed out the day. And when I got to my sister's house though, she said, I got a little something for you. And I was like, oh, cause I wasn't expecting anything. I honestly, between my sister and my brother every year is one of them that gets me something and where I'm never expecting to get anything because I'm never in a relationship around Mother's Day. So uh, it's just like, is what it is. And I know my little son, he'll always do something like first woke up, happy Mother's Day mom. You know, that to me is, is enough. So she's like, it's not much. Is this something I, you know, I got? And nobody knows me like my sister. Like when I tell you nobody, I mean nobody. This woman, it was a blue, beautiful blue gift bag that I've never seen before. Never seen look like this sturdy at that. Um, I don't even honestly, this can't be a gift bag. I don't know what kind of bag it is, but it's beautiful, a beautiful blue. And so I looked in it, and it had a rose four coloring books some two boxes of crayon two different kinds of color pencils two different kinds of gel pens some um highlighters contact case some snacks some gum uh let's see what else was in my bag um a lighter i love burning my incense it said i love you and a cute little blue container like a bunch of blue stuff I want to make sure I'm not overlooking anything. What else was in my, oh, crossword puzzles. So, I mean, I was like, oh my goodness. All my favorite things, all everything in that bag. Oh, did I tell you the contact case? I oh, definitely needed one of them. Everything that was in that bag that was something that was so needed and so well thought out. I love to color. That's one of the ways I relax. I love crossword puzzles. She gave me different types of gel pens. Um, I love different kind of crayon and color pencils. Again, I love the color. The highlighters is when I study. I had just recently bought some highlighters because I needed some, but I can never have too many highlighters. Like that's that's a part of my studying. Oh, oh yes. And this notebook, uh, um, a three ring binder, a beautiful blue three, three ring binder with some paper. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I write on a regular basis. I'm always having to buy three ring binders and paper. So it was like, I felt so happy. I wasn't expecting anything, but it turned out that it was so, I mean, amazingly beautiful, you know? And sometimes it, like I said, it doesn't take the most, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to spend the largest amount of money in order to make somebody happy. So I, I felt very, very, very happy. And the ending of my Mother's Day was nothing like it started because it ended extremely beautiful. I wasn't expecting any of that. Like, and I, again, I got to see my mom. So I took my mom, her little things, which like I said, wasn't much, but when we do things for my mom, we all do it as though it's from everyone. So my sister had gotten her, she told me everything. She said, we got money, this, we got money, we got, she went down the list. I'm like, wow. 
mom had a great Mother's Day and I took her a coffee and some gums. Those are some things she loved. A little pack of cigarettes. Um, you know, not that I want her to smoke, but I know it's something that she do. And she weaned herself off, so it is what it is. So, I mean, it was nice to see her. My uncle came over, one of my uncles. So, you know, it was, it turned out to be nice. A nice, nice little day. And now again, as I was going throughout my work day, working on people, a part of me did feel kind of down. Like it's just, I just had that moment where it's like, in order for, I just felt like in order for everything to be balanced, I have to be, take the short end of the stick or, you know, be the one to go without. And that's kind of how I felt on Mother's Day. Like my back was hurting and I'm giving other people massages. And it's Mother's Day. I'm a single parent. Like I'm doing this thing by myself and I can't even get relaxation because I got to work. But it's like, it is what it is. And I just pray because when you have those moments and it's real to think like that, it's real to feel like that. It's, your life will have you have those moments because they're real you know it's it's okay to be appreciative of things but it's also okay to acknowledge how you feel when you acknowledge it then you can go through it and it doesn't go through you you know to the point where it's her up your day so when you have those moments pray through them i pray through it i'm like father this is how i feel but i'm like you know what lord thank you for blessing me with the ability to be able to work thank you for blessing me with clientele on this day thank you for blessing me with a passion and a desire and so much so that when i do it i feel better it's not like i was doing something that i hate i wasn't dragging myself into walmart you know i wasn't going to make somebody else some money i'm working for a company that the lord blessed me with the passion that he gave me to do something that i absolutely love and be very good at it through him so those things made me feel grateful. And I'm like, it's not that I can't go and get a massage. I definitely can. I just need to schedule the time to do it. So, you know, I didn't, you know, I had the moment, I had that feeling, but it didn't take me down. It didn't take me over, you know? And I think that was the important thing. Whenever you have those moments, don't let them get the best of you because they very well can. They are real. And as single parents, it is something that you will probably feel more often than not. Especially if you are the type of parent who, uh, who who's, whose life reality is that while you're doing all the work, the partner and the other half to your children is doing their own thing, you know? That's one of the things that can really make you feel like you should retaliate, really make you feel like you don't deserve the life that you've been given. But that's not the case because there's nothing that the Lord will put into your life that you can't handle. And that was one of the things that I reminded myself of. And I thank God for him putting it in my spirit for me to even think of it because I'm like, you know, what, Lord, this does feel hard on me. But in order for me to be here in this situation, it must means that you know that I can handle it. And when I feel like I can't handle it, I know that I have you. So there's nothing that I can't go through. There's nothing that I can't face being that I'm not facing it alone. And that's something I want you to remember. Every day is your mother's day, okay? 
you, you don't have to be celebrated on this one particular day, but every day is your mother's day. And that's honestly how I feel. That's why I don't feel but so bad. Like I said, I'm human. So those moments do rise up where it's like every other mother is getting appreciated. And this mother is working. This mother's slaving. This mother's striving. This mother's in pain. But then, like you said, I remind myself every day is Mother's Day. I'm appreciated every day by my son when I come home. I might not get a diamond ring, might not get roses, but my sister gave me the beautiful rose. Oh my goodness. But like I say, it's, it's not about those things because when somebody truly appreciates you, it's every day. And sometimes we overlook the fact that our kids actually do appreciate us. They may not always say it. They may not always show it, but it does feel really good. It's extremely rewarding when they actually tell you, you know, I see how hard you work or I appreciate all you've done. Some, some, Sometimes you might not hear this until your children are older. When they've had a chance to get out and work and have children of their own and, and understand what it's like. But regardless of when it comes, it's very, it should be very well appreciated in my opinion. So <clears throat> I did get a lot of Happy Mother's Day texts and I appreciate those as well. Because I always accept the kind word. You're not required to tell me anything. You are not required to say something nice to me. So when you do, I appreciate it because it could have been something horrible. It could have been something bad, but it wasn't, you know? So I was very, very grateful. And I had a really, really, really good day and I'm grateful for it. And I, again, wanna say happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there whether you actually have children or not. And if you're a single parent, especially a father, I say happy Mother's Day to you too. Because it's not easy filling both roles. It is not. As a single parent, you have no other choice but to fill both roles. If you're trying to, you know, give your child the best that you can offer them, it's definitely not easy but it can be done and it is done on a regular basis. It don't mean that we dot every I and cross every T, but it does mean that we put forth our best effort so that we can ensure that our children are being molded and shaped and making sure that they're in environments that will grow them and stimulate them and help build that character. And that's not always easy. That within itself is a task that you really do need two people for so when one person has the right and the responsibility of both, it's extremely difficult. Just that, that environment, environment piece alone. I mean, you wanna have your children to where they can be well-rounded individuals, to where they can see things and understand that they don't have to run with every suggestion that's given to them. And at the same time, they can stand firm on what they believe without being an outcast, you know, and even if they are an outcast, you know, you wanna have it so that they can have a peaceful environment, but if you are struggling to, like, so if you're a single parent, I mean, you gotta work, right? You can't be with them at all times. So sometimes they gotta go to a babysitter or sometimes someone have to come in your home because you can't be in two places at one time. And in that sense, you cannot completely control their environment. As a single parent, you cannot. And even multiple parents who work you know, um, sorry, multiple um, couples, parents who are in relationships or still together, if they work jobs where one of them are not able to be with the child while the other one work, 
if they don't have alternating shifts, then they still have to face the same thing. It's just a little bit easier when you have two people that can kind of wean the child away from that environment that they was in when they, while you two were at work, you know, when you're going back home, back into your expectations and the way you would have them to conduct themselves. It's a lot easier when you have two people because by then you're tired from work and it's like, okay, uh, you have someone else that can help you with the transition process. It is extremely hard to take that on by yourself, especially when you're like just off of work. And the only thing you really got the energy for is the bed, <laughs> but yet you got to muster it from somewhere. So, you know, this is one of those days that I do feel that, oh, it frustrates me, but I feel that this is one of those days, I feel like every holiday, I ain't gonna lie. So I need to just say one of them. But all these holidays, I feel like, are days where the corporations are set up to make the most money. They play on people's emotions so that they can get them to purchase from them. Most of the time, they'll raise their prices or they have this big sale afterward because, again, you're probably still only... They're still going to make a profit, but they know people are going to purchase for Mother's Day. And they also know that most people feel the most appreciated based on the amount of money that's spent, the largest amount of money that's spent. So they, um, they monopolize and they they really, really do it big. So my thing has always been, if I was in a relationship, don't you dare give me none on the day, don't give me none before. If you're gonna spend some on me, you really wanna do that, let it be the day after. Well, it's on sale because you saved some money. Now, the frugalness in me is, it's like you spent money, how much was that, what? You could have told me that. <laughs> No, it's not that I don't like anything at all because I do. I really, really do. It's just like until our bank account suggests something other than what it is, then it it does not help me to blow money to waste money. And plus, I feel like if you give of yourself, that's so much more. So Mother's Day, I got my back rub. One of my friends, oh my goodness. And it's stuff like that that I appreciate. Like, and again, my back was hurting the day before. So that meant the world to me. And he was fresh off work, you know? So I, it was, that meant, that meant more to me than anything that someone could buy me. That's just how I view things. And that's, I think that that is, honestly, I wish more of us looked at it that way. Because with this money thing, we get deceived. We start feeling like, you know, we put our value on the price tag of something and a price tag does not it is not it doesn't even hold a candle to what you're worth but someone who can give of themselves like i feel like that shows exactly what you mean in them it's it's easy for and i'm not saying it's easy because trust me i know people who have yet to like i know i know people that they they claim they care about them, but they would not spend anything on me for real so it's like, I know money means a lot to some people. And I know money is the thing that some people do use to dictate how they feel about other people. I'm not saying that it doesn't mean anything at all to most people. It's just not the biggest thing in my mind. But I know that it is a way that people express how they feel. I get that. I'm not discrediting it at all. It's just, you know, I do wish that more of us had the idea more so of, you know, genuine 
genuine gifts, like giving of yourself. Because in that way, first of all, we couldn't be tricked and deceived by these corporations. Not not the way we are now, you know. And in and, and a lot of ways, like, you know, you a person wouldn't have to feel less value because they didn't get a gift, you know, an actual gift, something they can unwrap or set on the shelf or something that's going to die after a certain amount of time. It would be more so like, the you know something that you can have forever like you will probably i will always remember how my back felt after it got rubbed i will always remember how much i appreciated getting it rubbed you know and how much care and effort that my friend put into it so you know he's a special kind of guy so i i expected something like this from him so it's very nice very 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 nice so um that being said, I have to say all praise be to Allah, all praise be to my creator. Um, it it was a good day. It was a really good day. And again, like I said, it started off frustrating. I didn't know that that day went in like it did, but it was beautiful in the end. Extremely beautiful. Another thing I like is when I tell my friends about the simple small things that make me happy. And you know, they'd be just as excited as I am. I told two of my friends about my gifts from my sister because I was so, so excited. And one of them was like, oh, okay. And the other one was like, oh, really? La, 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 la. We talked about it, you know? So, you know, it was, it was nice. It was nice, it was nice. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say anything else about Mother's Day. I'm gonna get ready to. Well, first, like I said, I gotta say praise be to Allah, my Creator. Um, as we get ready to go into the next segment, you guys, guess what? This is the last day of Ramadan. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness! So I have to say praise be to Allah. He has sustained me throughout this Ramadan. There were some days where I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to keep my fast today. I don't know. <laughs> but he got me through it. So I'm extremely grateful for that. Now, as we prepare to go into the next segment, you guys, I have to talk about my Ramadan experience. Some of the lessons from this Ramadan and, you know, the clarity that I've gotten every year of Ramadan, I come out with answers and I come out so much better than what I was before I went in. I do think that, you know, I'm not sure about how next year's Ramadan will be. And it's not for me to know because the creator will show me at that time. But I do feel a little bit different about it this year. I don't know. It's just, I felt the shift. I feel a change and I'm not sure exactly how next year will be. But I do know that I'm grateful for this year. I've learned a lot. And the thing is, most of my learning was more so reminders. As the Quran say, a reminder benefits the believer. And I had a lot of reminders. And those reminders really set me in this place. It kind of like was the, you know how you uh, say things, you put something together and it'll hold as long as you don't shake it. But when you put the nails in it and you tie it in and then now it's 30 and it's, it's firm, it's not going anywhere. The reminders was, was like the nails, you know, being put into the character of, you know, this new place and this new clarity. So I'm very, very grateful for it. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you all. 
I don't know if anyone else out there has participated in Ramadan. Um, if you have, then I would love to know your experiences. I would love to know, you know, some of the things that you have gotten from it. Did you do your reading? Again, with Ramadan, you don't eat, you don't drink, you don't have any course, you don't smoke, you know, it's you set aside everything during daylight hours and you put that energy into reading a part of the Quran a day. So after that 30 days, you have read the entire Quran and there's so much clarity in that Quran. One another thing that I love about um, the Quran is that it talks about all of the religious books and all of the characters. I'm sorry. I don't like to say characters as if they're not real. I do believe that the people who the, the religious texts talk about, I do believe that they existed. So I want to say people, messengers of Allah, the creator. And again, if you don't know, Allah is God in another language. So in Arabic. So um, and it, when I say Allah, it, it means something to me. There's a heartfelt there's, it's just like this warmth and this glow that I feel inside. Calling him any other name doesn't give me that. So that's why I say Allah. He's my all things are. He's my relief. He's my justice. He's my guide. He's my comfort. You know, I cry to him. I, I smile and go to him. You know, I, he's my clarity. He's my everything. He's my all things are. He's my sigh of relief. He is my almighty creator. So that's why he's a lot of me. Now, however you call him is how you call him. And that's perfectly fine. So you guys, we are going to slide over into the next segment. We're going to take all of this to the next side and I will see you there. Hey, 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 one love. Thank you all for joining me in the second portion of this wonderful Wednesday. Again, we are talking about the last day of Ramadan. Some of the lessons that I learned is what I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through the benefits of praise and worship and how trusting Allah sets you free from doubt, fear, and grief. We're going to go over the reminder of the hereafter. And then I'm going to finish off with the importance of not having partners in worship with the Creator. So, we'll run back to the top of my list, the last day of Ramadan. Now, let me tell you about my fasting journey through this uh, Ramadan. So, there were about four days that I ended up breaking fast. And it was mainly because I was so tight when I got off and I did break fast. I ate and I ended up going to sleep. I did not drink an adequate amount of water throughout the night. And I woke up sometimes the next morning, it was already sunlight. So now when I did wake up at four to do my prayer, and I did wake up at four to do my prayer, not every, every single day, I think I missed maybe about again, those four or five days, but I would wake up at four to do my prayer and then lay back down to five and try to get up between 5.30 to like drink some water and maybe eat something. I normally just try to drink my water. But when I was too sleepy, I didn't get back up to drink my water. Or if I did it, like really was like one cup. Now, I know how my body is. I'm used to having a good amount of water. When I start getting that pain in the bottom of my stomach, I'm like, okay. You know, Allah does not want us to be unrealistic or unreasonable. He does not desire for us to suffer. He He do desire for us to be patient during times of struggle. And he desires for us to trust him throughout difficult times. But he does not 
he has never designed us. I don't believe he ever wanted us to be irresponsible with our health. It said that he desires ease for us, right? So in those days, I'm like, oh man. And plus, it was not intentional. I could see him like, yeah, I'm just gonna break my fast today. That wasn't the case. So I do, I am gonna make those days up. I don't mind doing that at all. Um, but all in all, you know, he sustained me. There were some days during, especially, oh my goodness, working during massages with nothing to eat or drink. I felt weak sometimes. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know, I'm gonna make it. My head felt like it wanted to hurt. However, he, like I said, he, he got me through it. And I'm grateful for that. Like, it feels so good when you know that he is your sustainer. You know, when you know that whatever the task is ahead of you, you can go to him and he can give you what you need to get through it. That was one of the things I loved about Ramadan. One of the things is like when you're having that time, I feel like it's a, it's a lesson, you know, a life lesson. When you're going through Ramadan, you're having that time where you're hungry. You're starting to get lightheaded. You're thirsty. And you're like, well, I can't get through this. But yet you can pray your way through it. You say, Father, like this is what I did some of those days. Like uh, the other day, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. I was off yesterday. And I did my little sleep study with my little man. Um, my version of a sleep study. So as I was home all day, food all around me, and I was like, excuse me, I said, Father, I'm hungry. Like, I want my Panda Express. It was sitting right beside me. I ate that before the sun rose started on it anyway. Drunk my water. I was like, Father, I'm hungry. Like, I really am hungry. I want that food. And next thing I know, I wasn't hungry anymore. And I'm like, thank you. And it's like, that made me happy. Like, that really, really, really made me. It was a reminder to me that no matter what you go through, as long as you're striving to please the Lord, he will provide. And the scripture said he will provide a way out. It says that. Just like when Abraham took Isaac, oh, I'm sorry, was it Isaac? Yeah, yeah, Abraham took Isaac to be sacrificed and God's like, no, don't do it. He gave him a, a ram, you know. He will always provide when you're being obedient. Just make sure you're being obedient. You're not gonna always be perfect with your obedience, but to be obedient, like that's one of the things I, I love about Ramadan. You're gonna have desires for things outside of what the Lord is telling you to do all the time. You're always gonna have those. Some of them are just natural as we are physical beings. Some of them is just, you know, it is what it is. You're, you're designed, you need to eat, so you're gonna get hungry. It's okay to desire food. when You're gonna get hungry during Ramadan, but can you sacrifice that? to be obedient to God. In the same way that we have, um, what's the word I wanna use? We have desires, right? Natural desires. But can you set those aside to be obedient to the creator? And again, he's not saying that you can never do those things, but in the right manner and in the right way. Can you sacrifice those things to be obedient? As the scriptures say, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, now when you think about it, when you be obedient to the creator, there's no punishment for you. 
But if you are disobedient, he is all forgiving and, and mo- off returning to mercy. And one thing about reading the Quran, it says that in the beginning of every chapter, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, the most gracious, the most merciful, that's important. Off forgiving. It's not that he can't forgive you, but the thing is, obedience is better than sacrifice. Why would you have to lose something? Why would you have to be disciplined? Why do you have to? It's better for you that you just obey him. That's how I feel my son. Like, I would rather that he do what I say the first time instead of me having to discipline him and then getting it done. I don't want to have to do that. Plus, I want him to, I want to know that he's going to obey me. How much more would our father? You know? The Quran um, in the Bible a lot talks about how, what the Quran does too, both of them, they talk about how he gave us vegetation. The Quran says a lot. It talks about how he revived the earth after his death, how he sent water from the sky, how he produced the vegetation for us and how he's provided animals that can provide certain needs. We have certain animals to carry our loads. We have certain animals for nourishment. We have certain, you know, vegetation for certain things. And he provided all those things. None of those things that we created ourselves. So he is our provider. And all we got to do is be obedient to him. And again, that is one of the things about Ramadan. It's like, can you sacrifice? And the thing I love about Ramadan too, for those 30 days, the whole time that, that I'm not eating and that I'm not thinking of, I mean, that I'm not drinking, I am trying to focus on my reading. I like to read before I leave the house. Before I get started in my day, I like to have my reading done. I like to feed on it so that I can feast on it all day long. So I can think about it, so I can have it floating and meditate through my spirit. And then, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I have been hungry during Ramadan and I picked up my word and I'm like, Lord, I'm gonna feed on this. And that, had, that physical nourishment has sustained my physical body. I'm sorry, the spiritual nourishment has sustained my physical body. It has made me feel as though I'm not hungry anymore. And that is a beautiful thing. And in God, you know, you know that there's no, there's nothing that he can provide for you. During this time of Ramadan, I've also like, so we have, my little man has started experiencing some very questionable, you know, things. And we prayed about it. And at this point, we don't see it anymore. And I believed, and I know he believed, and my mom prayed for him. Um, if I believe, I think I asked for y'all to keep my little man in prayer. I don't remember. It's hard for me. My memory sucks sometimes. But if I did, I appreciate the prayers. I really, really do. And anyone else who has actually, who has lifted my little man up in prayer, it really means a lot to me. And the good news that is that he so far is doing so good. He's doing great. So I got to say praise be to Allah for that also. Now, um, I got to say that, again, some of the lessons from, from Ramadan is that I think I'm going to start with the benefits of praise and worship. Like the Quran often talks about praising Allah, how he's almighty, how he's omnipotent, all powerful, all knowing, all seeing, all hearing his infinite knowledge. Like he is everywhere. 
he his knowledge ha- has it's there's nothing that he doesn't know the scripture says that not a pharaoh can fall not a sparrow i'm sorry can fall to the ground without his knowledge and the quran says that he formed us in a womb made us into a clock developed us in stages know everything about us inside and out so there's nothing he said the Quran says that I know what man reveal and what they conceal in their breast. So he even even if you don't let it out, he know what you're thinking. He know what you're going to do before you do it. There's no fool in him. Isn't that worthy of his praise? Like, isn't that worthy of praising him? When you know that there is nothing that can harm you, there's nothing that can affect you, there's nothing that can impact you. When you got him on your side, who else would you praise and worship besides the one and only? You know, and when you trust in him, you are truly set free from doubt, fear, and grief, which is another ayah in the Quran that says, it's saying that those who believe, for them there is no fear, and for them there is no grief. When you know who your almighty creator is, who can tell you anything that's going to upset you well, there ain't nothing they can do to you. And the Quran also talks about how the good and the bad comes from Allah. Life and death comes from Allah. And if you are patient in times of suffering, then you know that there's nothing that happens to you, that nothing befalls you without his knowledge or his leave, so to speak, which is his will, his allowance. So if he allow a calamity to come upon you and the Quran says that surely we will, you will taste commodities the good and the bad good and bad people will have good and bad things happen to them so we can't always have this idea that only good things are going to happen to me because i serve the lord there's no growth in that how do you know what your faith is when you never had a chance to stretch and strengthen that muscle you know how do you know what it is so those things we definitely will see and we definitely will face. And it's perfectly okay. The Quran, um, another thing I really was reminded about as I read, it talked a lot about the hereafter. Now, a lot of us don't believe in the hereafter. A lot of us don't believe in the resurrection. And the Quran was talking about how some say, okay, like some people to this day still have this mindset that says, okay, so I'm going to die and the Lord going to bring me back to life. Or can he really reassemble my body once it's been scattered? And the Quran says, do you not, basically this paraphrase, but it's like, do you not know I created the seven heavens and the earth? Like I can wipe you out and rebuild you again if I want it. That is easy for me. So why can't he? Well, he created this, everything here. It talk, the Quran talks about how he put the stars and the sky and the sun and the moon on their course and they're all subjected to him. And he subjected all of those things to us, but yet we are completely ungrateful. You ever thought about that? It says, I talk about how they send down the water from the sky and yet we are ungrateful. And it says that they call you call on him 
whenever you face some type of torment. And then to say, when we give you relief and mercy, you go and give that glory to somebody else. How ungrateful are we? We are horrible. Horrible in the way that we treat the creator. The one that is capable of all things that can wipe us out if you want it in the blink of an eye and but yet we test his patience and i think that's crazy so when you think about the hereafter and it talks about those who will make it into paradise and those who will receive the torment i don't want the torment oh my goodness the way the quran describes paradise oh my goodness under which rivers will flow and it says that they will have all the best fruits that they desire. And there will be this cup of wine passed around because it says that it won't be unlawful for you to drink. But it says that you will not be intoxicated. So that's some wine I want to taste. And it said that you will be able to see him and glorify him. Like I'm looking forward to that. I want to be able to. I know that I can bow down and praise him and pray now because his infinite knowledge is, is all places. But I'm looking forward to being able to do it right in his presence like amongst the glory of him. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing my son there, my sister, my brother, my mother there, my nieces and my nephews there. I would like to see my whole family and everybody there. Whether that happens or not, it's not for me to know. It's not for me to worry about, but I do pray for it. I do, and I understand that if it's the Lord's will, then it will come to pass. And if not, it's just a request that will get overlooked. And it is what it is. But I do know that he knows best. And I'm going to continue to try to put my best foot forward. Because the day is definitely coming. It says that we are all going to taste death. Everybody. So while we run around wondering how we can avoid it, there's no way to avoid it. Even if you are here when the first trumpet blows, then that's, that's going to be the thing that kills you. And then you will be resurrected. We all will be. And we will all stand before the creator and we will all answer for everything that we do. The good, the bad, and all in between. And the Quran says that there is nothing that escapes his knowledge. He is all seer of what you do, full aware of what you do. And it says that those who will receive the torment, it says that when they stand before him and he's asking them about, you know, things that, that, he, that he has done, there's no explaining it away. You know, it said that he will tell you what you used to do. And it says that he's so fair and just that not even the weight of an atom, you know, will be overlooked. There's no scare. Like there, there will be nothing added to, the, to you that you won't deserve and nothing taken from you that you have earned. Nothing. Everything, every punishment or reward that you receive will be based on your actions, your deeds, what you've done. Nobody else can suffer for you and you will not suffer for anybody else, not in the least. And I truly believe that. So personally, I mean, I'm ready for the hereafter. Another thing about the, no, that this is, this is important. A lot of times we don't, again, a lot of us don't even believe in it. And the Quran talks about the disbelievers and how they will face the torment. So they will be brought into the fire on their faces. And their faces are going to turn black in despair when they see. And then they're going to look across and see those that are in paradise. And like, man, I want that. But they won't be able to have it. But um, the thing about the knowledge of the hereafter is that 
it allows you to see and understand that everything in this life is temporary. The Quran often speaks on the temporary enjoyment of this life. Now, with that being said, that tells us that it's, I mean, living this life is one thing, but this is not the end all be all. And most of us believe that there is nothing after this. So we go astray. We messed up. We don't care that we will be punished for the things that we do because we feel like this is it. But that's not the case. It's really not the case. I don't believe that it's the case, should I say. I believe that the creator will do what he said. I believe that there, the day will come that only he knows the time and the hour where all of his creatures will stand before him and praise him. Because the thing is, whether you do it willingly now or not, it will happen at one point. You will every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that God is the creator of all things. So please don't let this life trip you up. The Quran talks about when God created man and he had the angels to prostrate themselves to him. They wanted the angels to bow down for Adam. And all of them did except Iblis, which is Satan. And so Satan, he was like, why, why didn't you bow down to him? And Satan said, I'm mightier than him. You made me from the smokeless flame and you made him from clay. I'm not bowing down to him. So he's like, you know what? Get down here from you. Like, you go ahead, go on. And he said, respite me to the resurrection. He's like, you one of those respite. He's like, and then Satan said, this is how I saw them ahead, y'all, as I'm reading. He like, well, I'm taking everybody that I can take. You think you got these humans? No, I'm going to get as many of these humans as you can get. And God like, oh, you ain't going to get no more than what I allow you to get. So, hey, go ahead, have, have it, have that. That's how I saw it. God like, yeah, whatever. You ain't going to get no more than the people that I give you anyway. And the Quran talks about the people. It said no one can will and suffer the will of Allah. So it says that those who turn to the Quran, those who turn to Allah, those who obey the messengers, those who follow the creator and live their life as he, as he dictates, those are the people that he called. Those who are not called, they was never a part of it anyway. So it was like, they're not going to believe because he didn't close their eyes. He didn't close their mouth. He didn't close their ears. There's nothing they can get in because it's already been preordained. But the thing is, he already knew because he created them people anyway. So Satan wasn't doing anything. And, my, and then this is the thing too. This is something I want us to think about. If you have not ever read the Quran, it says that when you stand before him, Satan's going to be there too. He's like, I didn't do it, Lord. I just whispered in their ear. I fear Allah. He going to tell you that. He fear Allah. And that only thing he did was whisper something that you went with. But he not he didn't tell you nothing no more than what you wanted to hear or wanted to do anyway. So you it ain't going to be no blaming Satan. And then all these people who worship in other saints, idols, deities, the sun, the moon, the stars, any other elements. There is no other creator but God. Which is another of the many lessons. Like we should not have any partners in worship with Allah, with God. It don't matter who it is. If it's another human being, they didn't create you. They didn't create this world. They didn't create the seven heavens, the jinn and the alamin. They didn't do that. There was only one. And it says we, because there he's so, oh my goodness. He's so dynamic, you know, I believe that the seven heavens are all a portion and a part of the a part of Allah. I believe that there's aspects to him that we cannot even fathom. That's why it says we. We. We are one. Allah. Talk about the oneness of Allah. And the Quran talks about 
again, how all of the books are from him. So there's no one way to serve him. But at the same time, we cannot have any other God and worship with him. We can't be serving anything. And a lot of us nowadays, we're worshiping our money. We're worshiping our cars, our fame, all this stuff. And when I say worshiping, I mean, that's what you go to for your clarity, for your peace, for your comfort. You don't think about God when you got all those things and that's wrong. And you're willing to do anything. And then a lot of us let those things get to us with so much so that we think we become better than other people. When your blood doesn't change the color that it is, which is matches everybody's. You're no different than anybody else. I don't care how much you have, what you've accomplished in your life, what you've done. Your blood is no redder than mine. You're no greater than any other person. So God don't do respect to persons and honestly, neither do I. I can see some people and I can admire some things about them, but I'm not going to worship any human being. And so the Quran says, those who are mightier are going to, you know, when they all in the, in the fire, all of them, those who worship those people and those people who led people to worship them, when they're in the fire, they can be like, it was you that led us astray. And then the people and the, the mightier ones going to be like, no, I didn't tell you to worship me. I mean, I didn't, but the thing is, they're like, you ain't stop us either. You know what I mean? But all that stuff go to go to our heads and we start thinking we're better than people. We start feeling like people should bow down to us, but there's only one that we should bow to and that's the creator. Don't bow down to these people. God gave you a beautiful mind. Use it for yourself in every way, shape and form, especially when it comes down to your spirituality. Don't let people just tell you something. The Lord gave us a spirit for a reason. We know what don't sit right in our spirit, but a lot of times we have ignored it so much that we don't even know anymore. And we keep thinking that we run after these materialistic things that it's going to get us somewhere, but it's not because everything here is going to be done away with. And honestly, in reading the newest Quran that I have and the Apocrypha, um, it, I'm, I'm to the point where I truly understand now that anything that I can see with my eyes is deception. Honestly, because it's not going to be, it's not going to last. It's only here for a time. There is nothing that is here now that's going to be here when it say when the mountains are are shaking asunder, when the heavens are rolled back, when the sun and the moon is gone away. What else is going to be here? Well, you gonna have your couches? You gonna have your money? You gonna have your cars, your houses? No, none of that's going to mean anything. When you're in the fire or in paradise, there's nothing here that you're going to have. Not even your loved ones and your children if they don't make it. So there is nothing here that's more important than your relationship with the Lord. If you don't have one, please get one. Get to know him for yourself. Don't let it be based on what somebody else is telling you. And again, these are some of the beautiful things I love about Ramadan because it sets that is that 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 time of the year, that whole month, that whole month, you're focusing on the creator. And so what I'm doing um, is like that takes me all the way until next year. Now, as I live this life, you go about eating and living and drinking and doing everything else you want to do, working and all this other good stuff. You get your goals set out for what you want to do with your life and you start striving toward those goals. And your life just become, you know, your life. But when Ramadan rolls around, you set all that aside and you get you back focused on what's really important, which is being able to make it into paradise in the hereafter. That's what's really, really, really important. It doesn't matter what you face in this life. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. 
because life has its ups and its downs, but there's nothing that you can go through that the creator cannot help you through. If you've been through it, it's because you can handle it. I promise you. And listen, this works. This is what I've done plenty of times. I'm like, Father, if I'm facing this situation, I know you know that I can handle it. But can you show me the strength that you see? Because I feel like I'm about to lose it. It's okay to tell him that. It's okay to say, Father, please take away this anger that I feel right now. Please take it. Please take this sadness. Please give me joy because that's what he wants. He, he's there for us to go to him. He, he's not the almighty for, for you to not use what he's capable of. He's there for you. So go to him. And again, like I said, this is the last day of Ramadan. I'm, I'm getting through it, y'all. I, I know when well, I'm not going to break fast on last day. And I, like I said, a couple of them days, I thought I was going to break fast. But he helped me through it, so I was obedient. Oh, my goodness. Last thing. I almost forgot. Being permeable. That's something I've been praying about. And I continue to pray about during Ramadan. And over the last couple of days, when I tell you, it's like the clarity of everything. Um, whenever something is going in opposition to what I thought or wanted or planned, it's so much easier for me now to say, okay, all right, well, this is what I'm doing now. Okay, well, this is it. And it works out so much better. I mean, so much better. I mean, there are so many times that I can even, too many for me to count at the moment where I thought that it would be this way. And I, I work on a plan. You know what I mean? I, I got things planned out in order to get things done. And it just don't go how I thought. And I used to be so angry. I used to be the one like my plans don't work. I had a plan B for my plan B. I had a plan C for my plan B. And all of them like just in case something don't go right. And when nothing went how I thought, I was used to be so frustrated. I'm like, how about you do this? Da, 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 da. Instead of just understanding like, Lord, make me permeable. Help me to understand that I follow you, not my will and not my desires. And when you follow the Lord, everything works as it should. Every single thing. I mean, I, I guess in the next episode, if I remember if I'm led, I, I can go through some of the examples, but I'm trying to tell you, it has made a big difference in my life to be permeable and going through Ramadan and praying during Ramadan. You know, I know plenty of you have heard of fasting and praying. When you set everything aside and you focus on that, that fasting and that praying is a mighty thing. Prayer itself changes things. But when you are pure, when you're clean, and when you're your intent is set so much on that and giving all that to the creator, you'll see some mighty things happen. So I'm grateful that I was led to pray for the permeability that I had been praying for even outside of Ramadan. But during Ramadan is when I really, really, really got, I saw some changes, you know, prior to, but like, it's really like opened up to me. And that takes away so much frustration. Well, no matter what it is, when I have my weeks, I'm like, oh, Lord, I ain't got it. Okay, Lord, nobody booked yet. Mm, I guess it's going to be a light week. And they say, I know that I'm full. And then I'm like, Lord, I need a break. And they say, I know I got some days off. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, just the way he worked things out. So I got to just say praise be to Allah. You know, thank you guys for listening. And I thank my creator for providing me with an audience. You know, I'm, I'm excited. So we are nearing the last minute and all praise and thanks to my creator. Thank you guys for being a part of the One Love podcast. It really means a lot to me. All of my faithful listeners. Um, I don't really like to say my faithful listeners, but everyone who tuned in to be a part, don't forget, you know, send me a message on the Facebook page, One Love, www.facebook forward slash the love of one, or you can just get on Facebook search at the level one send me some messages or you can send me some messages through the link on here you guys i enjoy sitting with you i enjoy sharing i'm looking forward to hearing from you 
Have a beautiful, blessed day. Wonderful people.